0: No. Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts.
1: I got this. Okay. Uh, I got it. Okay. Uh, I got some beers.
2: Let's drink them, huh? Uh,
1: and film at 11. Why don't you follow me down to the brewery? I'll tie a bowling ball to my ankle, dive in the vat of beer. I'll leave this world the same way I entered my marriage. Dead drunk! Oh. Hello? Want a beer? Hook it up!
0: hook, it up. Uh, hook me up! Y'all heard? take it from the top. One, two. Beer? This is how we do it. My mic sound nice, check one. My mic sound nice, check two. My mics
2: Sound nice check three. Are
1: you That's cute. I
2: remember when I had my first beer.
1: Do
3: you like parties? Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah! I hope no bad.
1: My mic sounds nice, check
2: one. My mic sounds nice, check two.
1: My mic sounds nice,
2: check three. My mic sounds
0: nice, check four. My mic sounds nice, check five. My mic
3: sounds nice, check six. Are you ready? You want some of this milk? Rather have a beer.
0: You guys, give me if I kill that bird, However, That's a bald
1: eagle. Get away, Baldy! Yeah! Hey, what up?
2: Hey. What up? And what up? This is the word with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GubsRadio.com. We are live tonight on Facebook, on YouTube. And actually, we are streaming also on our Instagram live feed tonight for a little while until my battery dies. So we're going to try that out for a little bit. Figured feed some uh, good quality radio audio up into the Instagram live. So join us over there as well and chat with me and chat over on Facebook as well with all our fellow watchers. Tonight, we have a very special guest. But before we get to that, we have some sponsors we need to shout out because this year has been a big year. And we really want to thank everybody properly. I'm going to start with our boy, Scott, quick over at Brewbag. Go to Brewbag.com for your beer pong cornhole yard game awesome fucking thing. Let me just tell you how cool this thing is. It is set up like beer pong, and you throw bean bags and you drink the shit out of them. Done. I mean, sold. Great holiday sold. gift. Great holiday gift. Yes, <laughs> Steve sold. Uh, we also have a few people that I've turned on to it, and they perched them right there in front of me. Listen. You know, I'm a, I'm a hard salesman. You know, they're like Brewbag. I'm like, here, go to this website, send them to it. And I made them purchase right there. And an $80 gift is not that bad for a good Christmas gift this or a holiday gift. I'm sorry. For anyone out there. So go to brewbag.com. Uh, all, I would use our link in our Instagram bio. I'd go to Linktree and go to Brewbag. Also in the promo code, put WORT, W-O-R-T, just because it then says that we sent you there. That's all. And I like the fact that Scott uh, has done a great job over the last few years. And this year has been a a really active sponsor, uh, retweeting, reposting, redoing everything. So good friend of the show, appreciate him and his company, BrewBag. Veteran owned, veteran employed. Thank you very much for all your work and everything that you do, Scott.
1: Steve, take it away. We got Rosie's Draft Solutions. Uh, I have to say too, Rosie's, I've been noticing more and more uh, more accounts have been popping up. Uh, a lot of places have been posting you're using Rosie's. Rosie Draft Solution provides professional draft beer system services, line cleanings, and more for your establishment uh, so customers can enjoy the best quality beverages. They service bars, restaurants, halls, events, homes, and all other beverage establishments across Long Island and Westchester. If you mention the wart, you will get a discount. Oh, boy. What is a discount? Uh, you know, he might say hi to you. or uh, <laughs> <laughs> And had a high five. He, might give, he might give you my, my autograph. Uh, no, Steve,
2: 10% off their order, oh, it whether it be service off. or hardware. Tell them the word with Mike, Pete, and Steve sent you, and you will receive a percent drop your order. RosiesDraftSolutions.com. Make yes. it happen. Get your pipes clean today. Pita, would you like to talk a little bit about VintageBeerShirtClub.com? VintageBeerShirt.com.
0: Nope. Uh you need a gift idea for the uh, beer lover? Go to vintagebeershirt.com and sign up for a
2: subscription vintagebeershirtclub.com.
0: Vintagebeershirtclub.com. It's a mouthful. It is. I'm struggling. Uh <laughs> there's also brewershardware.com. Mm-hmm. Uh for all your uh large homebrew needs or your small uh small professional brewer needs, you need the uh tri clamp for pres, you need the uh <laughs> those hoses, you need some supplies uh brewers hardware.com they've been a uh, another really good sponsor throughout the past couple of years
2: yeah two uh, actually them. two and a half years now i think yes. brewers hardware sent us out some shirts some mugs and then of course gifts some for our bag. brewers for people that are on the show uh unfortunately paul from Deck and nails uh we uh, ran out <laughs> of gift cards but when uh-huh. we get something new we'll we'll send it okay. up your way when we make the trip up there
3: no worries anytime so,
2: heavy <laughs> andrew does a great job out at uh brewers hardware and uh you know, like Pete said, for the small capacity or large needs, uh, they get the job done. So go to com, promo code W O R T WORT. Wirt. Also with uh, vintagebeerclubshirt.com, promo code W O R T WORT. Wirt. I'm sure you said that, Pete. Also, uh, runners up, we'll say, Tavor, thanks for uh, everything you did this year. Um, and, of, and of course, taphandles.com uh, for the tap handle adapters that went yes. out throughout the uh, last few years. Uh, the one that I still see standing every single time I'm there hopscotch
1: hopscotch yep. every hopscotch. single day
2: i walk yep. in there there's there's the tap handle a lot of other people have had it out for a while and then they've either switched drafts or forgot to put it out and that's not a big deal but uh really hopscotch is uh one of the people that i really want to thank here at the top of the show for being a huge proponent of our show and the craft beer scene in new york in general uh does a great job on getting beer from all over the state brought down here to long island so people can enjoy um fair prices great food and of course Great atmosphere. Uh, see Mark over at Hopscotch. Please go see him. He's on uh, Long Island Avenue in Deer Park. So just look up Hopscotch, and uh, you'll you'll find your little uh, thing there. I, I want to give a bunch of shout outs to people uh, that have really um, helped us out over this past year. Uh really quick, Jeff from Saden Brothers saying hello. Remember Jeff? Jeff? Yes. look, oh, Jeff. I still have been sipping on your Ocean Hill brandy, and he's been making some oh, some headway. Uh, Jeff I like says, that
0: it's numbered. I still like that. it.
2: It's hand hand labeled and numbered, so thanks, Jeff. Uh, we want to give uh, a bunch of uh, you know heads up and and highs to uh, podcasts such as the BBB uh, podcast, who has again been huge uh, fans of the show. And you know, I, I like the uh, I guess the the admiration of podcast to podcast. I've always enjoyed other podcasts, hearing someone other than myself speaking. So it's, uh, it's fun to, to see other podcasts do well. And then, you know, we've been on other podcasts, so there's nothing wrong with that. It's all in the same industry. It's like the beer industry, right? Everyone gives each other love in some way, shape or form, turns each other's audiences on to them. Uh, shout out to uh, Basic Beer Girl Review, who were on our show uh, a few months ago, uh, did a great job. They've been uh, liking, posting, saying everything. Hudson River Breweries checking in, saying, what's up, boys? What's up going on, man? Uh, we want to get Hudson River on. I I've I, re- I want to sh- uh, reach out to them, um, uh, a few weeks ago, but I forgot, and uh, we're we're lining up stuff for February, March, and April. So the, that's going to be on our our list. Uh, we want to also Wirt thank Wrangler. Wurt Wrangler. Wurt Wrangler. Wow. I mean, I, I, we didn't see his face, so that was all to be uh, I guess determined, right? <laughs> I guess it was all to to be in the the eye of the beholder what the wert Wrangler actually looks like. But we had him on the show uh some of the funniest memes in the beer industry you could possibly read and post and and man it's just one of the funniest things we've ever seen um that he he produces and and puts out there and we thank him for being on the show and and exposure for our show uh so many guests along the way all the breweries you know over this last year oh well i'm I'm gonna get to that yeah i'll I'll get to that all right but i mean just so many people that have been you know willing to come on and spend their their time like Paul tonight uh, to talk with us and us here about the brewery, but more along the lines just for us to get to know everybody and, and hang out and have a good time and really, you know, gain uh, a lot of education. Uh, Pete, over the last three years, uh, we've, I don't want to say we fully caught up to Steve and his education, but for what we've done over the last few years, we really learned a lot and we're gracious actually to have Steve on the show who has been a uh, a true uh, professional in the industry and coming on to the show in the pandemic in a time where we were stressed out of not being in the studio and not having our normal flow. And uh, Steve came in and really helped us out. And And he's not going away, folks. He'll, he's here to stay. So that's why we changed our logo, and changed our name and everything.
1: Oh, by the <laughs> way, guys, this is my last show. Ah, uh, you happy. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you doubt you done did it, didn't Dun did it.
2: Uh, we want to thank, you know, all the, the breweries that in the pandemic have, have again, made the time to, to call into the Zoom. Uh, I can go back to Alewife and Lost Worlds and uh, this, I mean, just so many go back into our Instagram and look at all our flyers. Blind Bat most recently, um, you know, our friends from Ghost, Paul and, and of course, uh, Scott from Long Island. And I was out of Long Island a few weeks ago and hung out with Greg and talked to him about a bunch of stuff. You know, some Joe of the from
1: W.A. Mead works. Of Joey. course.
2: I was getting to the uh, the hopsters debacle. But well, in the end, it,
1: it's appropriate that you're wearing his favorite hat. So
2: I am. I didn't change it tonight. You know, I haven't worn it in a while. And uh, uh, there it is. You will
1: be very happy that you're wearing it.
2: It's at an angle. But then I also have the GSB. So, okay, you know, I represent a little more of the, uh, the hometown people. Uh, Chris from Dubco, of course, coming on and hanging out with us. And there's just so many other people uh, that I would love to sit here and spend, you know, 15 to 20 hours you know thanking and appreciating Uh, but we do have some big stuff coming up in the new year and that's where the 90 second beer review comes in they're organizing this huge new york state uh valentine's day festival that we're going to be part of so everyone be on the lookout go to the 90 second beer review on instagram twitter facebook and wait to see where where spot is we're going to be highlighting one of the stages and we're going to be doing uh some sort of uh program uh that will kind of intersect with all the breweries that are doing their thing and other uh programs that are doing their educational reviews and we're going to be in there doing some fun dick jokes i hope so we'll we'll have a great time with that and it's again some great breweries in new york and and lots of stuff to be had in this new year lots of guests that we have lined up a lot of new breweries opening up here on long island and beyond so lots of people that as fast as we can go through them they're opening up as soon as we finish our list for the year we realize there's a much bigger list out there and one of those uh that we've had our eye on is, uh, Paul from Deccan and nails. Paul, what's going on, man. How you been?
3: Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. No, great, man. Thanks, thanks thank you, you on, very
2: bro. much for everything. Uh, you know, we, we really, uh, like I said, I had stopped at the brewery, uh, in one of the pandemic uh, road trips I took upstate and I said, I gotta go there. You know, I've had some of the beers before, but you had a great lineup that weekend and I wanted to grab some cans and, uh, you know, I'm into the big stouts, So we'll get into that in a few minutes, but the, idea of, of what you're doing really interests me because what I just tasted is not the norm. So we really got to start digging deep here and how this all gets going. But uh, again, thank you very much for being on. Uh, and and yeah. basically, uh, you're, you're the season finale. So we don't expect too much, but you better fucking perform. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: who knows? <laughs> Depending <laughs> on how this goes, it could be the series finale. You never know. Oh, stop
2: it. Oh, wow. mean stop. Whoa. Come on. We already had our potential series finale, <laughs> and we avoided that very well. We did very well. And what a year this has been. <laughs> if it wasn't for the pandemic, what other things can we get ourselves into? Cannot not get worse. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: 2020. You think, uh, well? You know, no, no. It's almost so over. A few so. weeks left could have a few surprises left. You never know. Please. Last game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. 2021
1: 20, 20, 20. 20, is sitting in the background with a, with a beer going, <laughs> yeah, what? Stretching. Hold my beer. Watch yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> watch me fuck some shit up. You ain't got nothing on me. I think 2020 was bad. <laughs>
2: well, I hope that's not the case because we have a lot of work to do. We have studio that is uh, opened up, started today, a brand new uh, edited version of our previous studio. So we're going to be able to go in there in a few short months. I think we'll stick with uh, Zoom for a little bit. And then, of course, you know, all the guests and the festivals and stuff that we've kind of not been promised. But, you know, one of the big things that we were talking about for months, uh, even during the pandemic, is doing some bigger live shows. And one of those uh, is definitely in the background at Bluepoint which is a very large brewery. I don't know if anybody knows about Blue Point here on Long Island. Uh, but they uh, agreed to have us and host us, and we're going to be doing some live uh, a live show there. And then we want to get on the road. We want to go upstate, want to visit Paul, want to hang out with other people that we've uh, you know had on the way. Yeah, of, uh, of course. We had five boroughs on the show. We've had artisanal on the show. We had um, uh, – why well, can't think of the other one? Not five boroughs, but the other one. Not six point. Why well, can't think of it? Single
0: cut. Single, Single cut. cut. Thank
2: Not you. Not sequitur non-secret on the show. He's going through the list, but these are, you know, we want to get on the road and going into Brooklyn and Queens. We want to get Good up job, sta- Peter. Uh, thank you very much. Cause you know, mentally I'm, I'm drained after a full day. Uh, but yeah, this, this is, again, thank you very much for everyone that has um, been out there with us and, and hung with us and we anticipate some great things coming. So thank you very much. Paul, let's get to you, man. I, I, I. Sorry for such a long intro, but we needed to kill fifteen minutes, and I did that. So.
3: No, oh, it was great to listen to the whole yeah, everything that you had to say. Oh, shebang! Hey, shebang. Uh, Hudson,
2: Hudson River Brewery says uh, hashtag Hold My Beer. <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, Brewer, head Brewer of Deacon and Nails. Yes. Paul, uh, Make so the beer. I yeah, nice. fucking a. I like the beer. <laughs> the um i want to get want to go back uh again to the origin that's where we start usually with our show we get a little bit of the origin story so tell us um kind of where this all started uh how you got set up from uh you had an older place and now the new place yeah um that's just much bigger and larger and awesome um give us a little background give us the the little history bring us up to date
3: uh well it was really i mean home brewing uh, how most people have been starting. I have home brewed for about 10, 15 years. Wow. And um, uh, had, you know, actually started with my uncle and my cousin. Okay. And um, we had tried to figure out a way to uh, at least kind of get started in Westchester County, which is not cheap and not easy. So we set up a one barrel Blickman system. We actually still have it here. This is our, this is now, oh, our- we get a tour.
1: Look, we get, we get movement. There go. Right there. Yeah. pilot
3: batch system oh yeah little pilot batch system can you see right here and um uh nice. <clears throat> we still do the test batches on there and we found um a chocolate shop a basement in the chocolate shop which is where we started bringing one barrel batches and, and the concept was if we can get a license just to make six six and send them out to bars and see what people think that's that's one way to start so i'd walk around with like little homebrew kegs you guys ever keg into homebrew kegs when you're homebrewing
2: oh yeah about that uh about putting beer into kegs
3: <laughs> no don't go
2: there all right well paul i'll say this when i when i did homebrew for a few years um i would ferment in the keg oh i would pull out the 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 stem and pour the batch in there not the best way of doing it but uh it it would I was able to release with a little uh, thing every every like day or so I go down and release a little bit.
3: What's I guess take that? that out and put a uh, put an S lock in there. there yeah, I mean,
2: I or I just I put the regular keg in there and I just released the uh, little pin to let the uh, air out.
1: And that's why your beer sucked. It wasn't terrible. This, the <laughs> Irish stout I did
2: was drinkable. I'll put it that way. And and by my standards, drinkable. Maybe not by your standards.
3: <laughs> well, we've already gone through that. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> no. Come
2: on. <laughs> Deep down, I just didn't want to lose the money. I, that's all it was.
3: That's yeah. it. You got to you got to make make do with what you got, right?
2: Exactly. I mean, it, it was it was fun, and that was, was the experience. I did bottle a couple of batches. Were much better, by the way. But I I figured if I was you know going to end up putting it on tap anyway because I have a draft system here at my house, um, I was just going to ferment in the keg. And when I finally got to the point where I had the forced carbonation from the keg and everything else, I was ready to drink. And um, that first batch was pretty fun uh but i'm sure you had a a much better time with it than than i did as i'm brewing in the mr beery or the brooklyn beer shop
3: oh (laughs) no 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 those homebrewing days we had i still have marks on the ceiling in my basement that my wife still talks about when a stout exploded oh yeah you know it's gonna (laughs) that's you know i'm surprised recently but (laughs) the marks
2: you remember Uh, so you were you were homebrewing for quite some time. Uh, I mean, quite some time. Were you part of a homebrew club up in uh, Westchester area?
3: Uh, there was a couple of homebrew clubs that just kind of s- we circulated around. There was a homebrew, a local homebrew shop that the, the head of the club owned. Oh, okay. It was great in getting grains in Nourishell, the homebrew aporium, which unfortunately is now closed. Oh. But um, but that's that's where we started. That was the the you know. And then, you know, again, I linked up with my uncle and my cousin who are also homebrewing. I said, let's, I had this idea. Let's just try it. Mm-hmm. Cheapest way to try it. The greatest way I thought we could start is to get a one-barrel system, find a hole-in-the-wall place. And the one barrel is six let Let's send out the 6 and see if it has legs. Yeah. And, and you know, kind of- Do you of remember that
2: first batch you brewed? What was it?
3: It was an IPA. We just, back then, it was unadjuncted. It was IPA, double IPA um i was gonna add you know i wanted to ask you that
1: because i noticed through your portfolio you guys you started out that way you did a lot of doubles and double dry hop and and just traditional or not traditional but just straight up no adjunct ipas and then all of a sudden little by little you see a change and then all of a sudden it's what you guys are doing now
3: it's a funny story. I don't know if you have the time and how all that- the time in the world, yes. Paul.
2: All of the time.
3: <laughs> I, we had. So, I got plenty of beer from 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 that area where we had a one barrel system. I was looking to contract. Yeah. You know, how, how do you take the next step? Did not have the money for this facility, and thank uh, our, our friends and partners on halftime that helped in, invest in this to start to start this whole thing. Cool. But in the in the in the interim, um, I had a call. I I had. I used to live in Manhattan and went to Torst a lot when it opened. You oh know, yeah, one of my favorite places. Happened to know the bartenders, things like that. And so, in sending out these little six, ba- there's little one barrel batches. I would drive them to Torst, and oh. they, would, they would put our beers on tap. One of the owners of Torst called me, and he said um, uh, he asked if I had any interest in brewing at some of their partner contract facilities. I didn't know they were affiliated with Evil Twin mm-hmm. and Mamie okay. Polo and all, all these brewers. So I didn't have a facility, right? I had a little one barrel. I said, why don't you come to my house and I can sample you on what I'm, what I'm making. Um, and I sampled on some IPAs. I started, I was playing around with making marshmallow on my stove. So I literally had marshmallow chilling upstairs. I said, let me just pour this into the IPA. And I ran it downstairs. I said, I said Alex, said, so why don't you try this? And he's like, this is something I've never tried before. I will mass produce this for you. <laughs> that's how it's, the whole pastry thing kind of started. And so he goes, can, um, can Yepa come tomorrow and taste, taste the beers that you sampled for me? So the next day, Yeppa comes, who I just had known and was a big fan of, to my house with a camera crew. Yeah. About here's this little guy that's kind of homebrewing and in, in a little shop. And he's taking me to his house to try all these different things. And we sat there, we poured out, I poured out 13 different concoctions of beers. It was a toasted marshmallow, it was a French toast. And then that's how that relationship started. And then went off to contract up in Connecticut.
2: And going back with that marshmallow oh. you, were, you were starting with, were you using actual marshmallow or were you using uh, like an extract or a powder? No, 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 no,
3: I, I was making, I was up in the kitchen when he came by, I was making marshmallow up on my stove. I would boil it to kill the bacteria flash chill it and that was my experiment what happens if you just pour that into into an ipa base huh. and you get the marshmallow aroma and we still do that and in in, we have a whole we have an actual kitchen here we'll just boil it up we'll chill it real quick now now what we will do for mass production is there is a lot of vanilla that goes into it so we'll use some vanilla extract which just vanilla beans are tough to find but yep. really you just don't solidify the marshmallow right if right. you solidify it it's gonna go in the boil and burn up, or what are you gonna do with it? So you just leave it in its chilled, unformed state. And you heat it to kill off the bacteria and flash chill it like you would would a beer. Hmm.
1: We used to use, we used to use fluff. Anything we did marshmallow, yeah. we used
3: fluff because there was no yeah. gelatin in it. Right, right, right. And some people do do that.
2: Yeah, and so when you're cooking it yourself, you don't have to use the gelatin, I guess, right? You're just basically using the other ingredients and then getting that flavor aroma out of it.
3: Well, at that time, I used gelatin because that's what's in a marshmallow recipe. I didn't know at the time, but it's just you know that that's just how it came together. It was funny. I was literally just upstairs, running downstairs into my basement, that I made a little bar, and he was sitting there pouring beers. I said, "Let me let me pour the marshmallow in the beer and see." He's like, "I want something different." (laughs) And And then that's that's how it happened. Then with the contract, it started to go out to California, and they're like, "Well, people want other flavors. Can you think of other flavors?" And that's how, but to what Scott was saying, in the beginning, we just wanted IPAs, double IPAs, and, you know. And then I really started to get into playing with those flavors and figuring out how to really create them and put them in the beer and make sure the beer tastes like it. And I think when you get to the, did you get the tiramisu? I have that, yes. I'd love you guys to try that because that's an interesting um, I, I started with the,
2: the peanut butter s'mores just because I, I like an IPA, but then I see the peanut butter, cinnamon, vanilla, chocolate, and that just caught my eye. And yeah. the first sip was like, holy, what is going on here? We got to get really deep into yeah, how you're coming up with these crazy adjuncts with these I, regular. Yes, not
0: usually what you see in an IPA. No, as far as no. Adjuncts. It's I mean, that's... like stouter.
2: stout. Adjuncts. Yes, pretty much. I mean, how, where did where did the inspiration for a lot of these come from? Because you mentioned tiramisu, but you also said before the French toast, which was one of the first ones I've had from you, and that was French toast in a glass. And how do you get to that point? Like you just have this idea, but is it experimentation on the pilot system? Is it bringing up to scale a difficult process? Like what what's that whole kind of idea uh, come to fruition moment look like?
3: It's it's an obs- it's trial and error, and it becomes a sick obsession. I mean, to me, it's like cooking. It's like baking, right? It's like, how do you recreate the aroma? And for French toast, I understand a lot of people say, well, why don't you put it in a stout? We do have a French toast stout. And my answer to that is because the stout's chocolatey. A stout is so malty. The batter of the French toast, there's a lot of flavors that come through better on a lighter base. Okay. And so if you if you let the French toast warm up, and you, and you sip it, you'll get a hit a maple syrup in the front, and you should get that batter kind of dripping down your throat, which mm. is caramelized sugar that I do on the stove, that should be something that is tougher to capture in a stout when there's so much other competing yep. Yep. dark and rich flavors going on. So I uh, would partially agree in that. Sometimes I just like that, those flavors in a stout too, but I think it's fun and unique to do it in, in a base where Just let the adjunct shine. Yeah,
1: we we used to do a a a white chocolate coffee cream ale, and you are you are you are so correct. You get all those flavors. The beer is the vessel, but now you have all these flavors that are going to carry it through. Um,
3: Yeah, and that peanut butter s'mores is is it should as you open the can, you should just get the nut kind of right right in in the nose. As it warms up, you should probably get get that peanut butter as peanut butter powder, and. Again, you know, if you do that in a stout, you got to use a lot of peanut butter, but um, uh, um, well, peanut, peanut butter in stout is actually pretty good, but the marshmallow might not come through as well. Yep.
2: And, and for the, a lot of the peanut butter flavors, are you going peanut butter powder? Or are you going just straight up peanut butter? This is powder. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. most brewers would say Maybe that would too. be the way to go. Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. Peanut butter powder. I've tried it all. I've tried all forms. I've tried on the one batch systems extracts, which taste chemically. Mm. Um, I've tried actual peanut butter, which just sinks to the bottom. <laughs> the powder is, is the way to go. Um, the mar- there's marshmallow in there. Might be tough to detect with all the competing flavors. Actually, this batch, the canned batch, I think the marshmallow does come through nice. A mm. um, little, little hint of chocolate. I don't like chocolate, believe it or not, in IPAs, but we call it s'mores. I had to check that box. A little hint of that. And then, Just some cinnamon to give you the impression that there's a graham cracker in there. Ah,
2: okay. So that was a graham cracker for you. Okay. I'm going to crack that open in just a moment. Uh, Going back, though, I know you guys, uh, like Steve was saying before, the... um, Oh, there you go. Nice and dark. That is dark, yeah. (laughs) Rich. Rich. By the way, Paul, this is a perfect uh, lead-in to Christmas time where we're eating tremendous amounts of uh, chocolates and sweets and cakes and... I, I know I know I am I'm rabbits. A, rab, whoa whoa I'm not even rabbit with it. No okay. Yeah should not. Hudson Peppa. Yeah, right. but I mean <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'm serious. I'm, like I'm I'm hitting up uh you know like the uh the mint chocolate chip cookies. So the caramel cookie that Steve has that I've had before uh you know goes very well pairs very well with a lot of the desserts. We can call these uh, some of these stouts the dessert you know pastry stouts. But the, the IPAs are really what caught my eye. So early on, you guys were releasing like standard IPAs and double IPAs. Are you still doing that today?
3: Uh yeah, we are. We we actually just have in the tanks a waka dry hopped uh, IPA mm. oh, um, cool. that we're planning on Friday. So we do um, a lot of them, you know, don't make it past the tasting room. Um, and a lot of it is, I mean, to be honest, I guess, like you have a peanut butter s'mores beer which is more unique. It's more attractive to a market like California than, okay, here's another dry hopped IPA. So uh, that's what's happening. I mean, Uh, you keep
2: mentioning California and, and, and sending out there. So you you have contracts, you have distribution out there. I'm sure that the California brewery scene doesn't focus on those types of beers. So you become the supplemental element out there. How, how uh, popular are the beers uh, on California? You know, you're getting feedback from the distributors and stuff.
3: I'm getting good feedback from them. I can't tell how popular. I mean, I only mentioning California because it's as far as we go. You know, as far as you yeah. can go in the US, just an example. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, where where we send stuff out there, we send stuff out to Illinois, Florida. Um, what are other North Carolina, South Carolina? Um, you know, Boston, and, and doing a lot of uh, international stuff as well. So, uh, hey,
0: what what international markets?
3: Singapore, Japan, China. Really? Um, yeah, and they they popped up in Europe pre pandemic, not recently. Um, so. That's cool. Yeah, brand- uh, Tubby,
2: Tubby Glassware from Instagram is saying, ooh, s'mores. I haven't tried that before. So exactly. he's.
3: I'm just realizing I got the s'mores shirt on. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> two and two, two together.
2: And it's all yeah. oh, nice. That's a nice hoodie. I like that. There you go. Look
3: at him go. <laughs> hug,
2: full view. <laughs> get the riser yeah, that what a move <laughs> show, off show off the hardware
1: hardware hardware
2: sorry uh you cut you off of no that's all right i just said you know um i was just i always just kind of cite in with people that are talking online and uh obscure oscillation up uh on the um brewery tour that i did back in uh january sometime i stopped at obscure oscillation up in uh uh, I forget it's right outside of Syracuse, just South of Syracuse. And, uh, they're checking in saying, what's up. There's another one that, uh, I know I've talked to before in the last year or so that we want to, they're on our radar. So we'll, we'll, we'll reach out to them and get some, some beers down here and, uh, work with them because they got some crazy stuff going on themselves. Um, you, what distributor are you working with Paul? Is it, is it something local or is it something more like a, a national kind of, uh, element to it?
3: We distribute in Westchester and up the Hudson Valley through Craft Beer Guild. That's the Sheehan group, mm-hmm. and then um, everywhere else is through Twelve Percent. Twelve percent. okay. Yeah, yeah. They now we had you, a
0: couple, yeah, of.
3: Uh, yeah, we had Timber Ales on, house, and we had uh, you
2: know,
0: yep, Marlow. Uh, Timber Ales, Marlow, and exactly.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yeah, we um, had them
2: on the show here. this year. Another great show that we had during the pandemic. It's <laughs> just great. As we keep citing people, we're like, "Oh yeah, we had them. <laughs> we had them on this."
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. We're making beer with them up, up, you know, up in in that facility.
2: Are you contracting out of that uh, okay. for additional yeah. stuff? Yeah. Are they handling most of your your canning? That I would assume, right?
3: um no what you have is from our facility um oh, okay cool we try to you know they're you know they're, and they're so overwhelmed with you know marlo timber they got like 15 brands mm-hmm. so abomination
2: found, Cat, yeah. nightmare
3: all, all great stuff so we're lucky to get one in a couple in a month but um we're doing some sours up there you know things that we just can't do out of our facility cool nice way to compliment that but um yeah we're just trying to do what we can and now over
2: this last year, I mean, like we mentioned at the top of the show, how, how hard it was for things to continue on as best they can. How did you weather through the start of the pandemic and how's it going now?
3: So we were just because our tasting room opened not long before the pandemic, maybe a few months before, maybe a year. And we had finally gotten into full production mode in this facility and everything happened. Our tanks are completely full we got a call from the distributors you know people are canceling order everything's stopping we're not you know you gotta you gotta just hold off on production wow only only lucky thing about that is our tanks are filled with stouts because was the middle of the winter <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay so we got some ipas we'll just sell through the tasting room so we're like all right let's just sit on everything let it age it'll just get better and then um you know we we kind of give gave, gave ourselves like a two three week shut down isolate everybody see what's going on and then slowly reopened you know and actually only about a month ago do we finally get back into full production
0: wow oh wow yeah
3: yeah I, yeah i'm gonna say i was there
2: uh june july sometime in one of our trips and yeah. Yeah. um we got there right good. as it opened and uh you know it was a beautiful day you had the outside set up tell us a little bit about the um the, the warehouse. Tell us a little bit about the, the establishment. I know you mentioned that you're sharing a space with uh, one of the partners. So give us a little background about the location and everything that's uh, going on there.
3: So Halftime, uh, which is one of the largest retailers of, of craft beer here, um, uh, has this whole building, and they separated it and sublet it. Uh, oh, cool. To, they were going to sublet it to, to something, to somebody, and then and then we kind of got involved and they invested in it which is great. Um and so this is a 15 barrel system. It's about a, a 5000 square foot um facility. Um are, are is 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 most of this audio if I if I give a visual tour is it Oh no, be- no no,
2: we we yeah. have uh, Yeah, we're on
3: YouTube, Facebook
0: live.
2: Uh, yep. All yeah, well, the videos there. Yeah. That's why I said it was very interesting that not everybody like walks us through with their phone showing that the ah,
3: Well, there you go. Yeah, so- let's do it yeah we'll do we'll do I'll, I'll try to do both so he, I that means so this is a 15 barrel two vessel system which is real simple it's a uh, uh, a kettle which you're going to brew into tomorrow um mash ton hot liquor tank there you go and then little simple control panel real real basic you know a lot of people have bells and whistles and touch screens and i've learned from working with a lot of contract facilities if something's burning up or if you're getting a boil over scott you probably know about a boil over you don't want to be yeah. running, running menu menu back back you just want to hit stop you know what i'm saying yeah. i've learned you just want you just want to you want three buttons and that's it when you're operating a brew house
2: Paul, it's Steve. Sorry, I I, I might have. I, I'm a little drunk, so I, I probably slurred my words a few times already.
3: It's very polite of you. I probably messed it up. No,
2: no, I'm I'm dead serious. I am. I've had many beers before we start the show. Every time. <laughs>
3: okay. This is our uh, little little trial batch. Just no, oh, look actually- at
2: that! Way to go back to that, and you got yeah. an SS in there oh, too, nice. huh?
3: Oh, oh, these are all SS. This uh-huh. is what we started on. This is it. We got a, a peanut butter French toast, a peanut butter banana French toast. So we're doing a collab with Hop Culture Magazine. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna mail that out to them to see if they like it, and then we're gonna do a bigger batch up here. And that's cool. going out for some event. Um, and then this I is I see awesome.
0: ISO guns left and right. I like it. <laughs> this
3: is it. This is it. This is it. So we got three thirty barrels, we got three fifteens, bright tank, and that, it's a small facility, but we're doing what we can with the facility, you know.
0: No, I think. Yeah, it's obvious oh than a lot of <laughs> places that we've seen.
2: Shit. Yeah, and, and yeah, your kitchen. So, talk a little bit about the kitchen while you're there, because when I was up there, I, I kind of wanted to order, but we were in a little bit of a rush. So, uh, how did the kitchen come about?
3: Uh, well, real simple. The honest answer is, we were forced to to serve food with our beer. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, I never wanted to do that. Um, I just wanted to make the beer, and um, so we said, "Well, what are we going to do? How are we going to?" So, we found a chef and. Um, Ray, who, who's our chef, makes uh, uh, has a great menu. Um, he, his background is mostly fish, and we're kind of near the harbor there, so he's big on oysters, fresh lobster. Ooh. We got a sirloin nice. burger, and his philosophy is, I just want a truck to come in with fresh meats in the morning. I'd rather sell out than have it frozen. There you so, go. A lot of stuff, but it's it's fresh. It's kind of relatively priced. You know, relatively well priced yeah and that's all i want for a bar for a brewery right it's got to compliment the beer so yep. um so what is
0: the the town who forced you to have a kitchen is that uh by one of the codes up there or is it uh
3: it was the town was it the state liquor authority where you had to have five you have to have five main courses with beer to have a taste serum huh uh, I don't remember if it was the New York SLA or if it was the actual town. I think I, it was- has
0: got to be the town.
2: Yeah, it's got to be a town because we don't have that down here. Right, right, um, okay. but- Almost
0: no one has a kitchen down here. Yeah. yeah. It, was,
3: it was two years to get this thing open. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah, when that did, sounds when, far for the course. When
2: did it, you it, uh, originally really? open, Paul? I should I should have known. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Paul, oh, when did you uh,
2: originally open? This facility? Yes.
3: Uh, end of 2018. 18, Okay. Yes. And right. you started 16. So, 2016 is when we started actually sending out in the little underneath the chocolate shower. Right. That's that was 2016. Okay. So for two years we were kind of gypsying around. Yeah. 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 yeah it's it, you know, it's funny how you know,
1: federal state will work, and and, and you, you kind of know where you're at townships. You, you think you're ready to open and then they hit you with something else. And you think you're ready to open and then they hit you with something else. And like you said, two years down the road, you're like, well, we're finally getting open, I guess. Yeah. It's always the
0: weird shit we hear with, you know, stuff that uh, a brewery has to do around, you know, parking or uh, hours of operation or, you know, or food or something. It's always the town, you know, that has these or, or the county. fucking I mean, rules. Westchester yeah.
2: County. So maybe it has to do with that because there's a, uh, not a bunch, but there's a couple other breweries in Westchester county that that have that same um, business yeah. model, right? yeah
3: yeah, and our partners Jason and Alan, at, at halftime, you can see nice they have windows right into their store. Hey, look at that yeah, they knew how to navigate the town, but even so I mean, and they were they were the the biggest proponents in in pushing for this but even even so, it's just so so difficult to uh, you know we, to 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 get through all that all that all those logistics all the politics. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so halftime is a, a a beer distributor.
3: They're a retailer. They're just a bottle shop.
2: Okay. Oh, retail. Right. Right. Okay. okay.
3: Yes. Uh, yeah.
2: According to Hudson River Brewery, no no food is needed in Westchester, so maybe okay. it is just it must the, be the town. It was maybe. at Marinac, right? Yeah.
3: It could be. Yeah. It could yeah.
2: Be a town. Yeah, it could be the town. And and that's interesting. But you uh you kind of have that area to yourself. I'm gonna say within uh maybe 10 to 15 square miles, you don't have any other people there, correct? I don't I remember seeing anything pop up on the map.
3: No, and despite, and to be honest, despite the politics and everything, once we got through, I mean it's been great. You know, the town's been great. And and yeah, you know, not only do we have that area is we, we have the ability to be outside given the pandemic, which was huge as, as you yeah. draw. Sure. Um, so uh, it's, it's been, it's been great ever since.
2: Uh, so Hudson River said it had to be the town because they're, they're not uh, under those same guidelines. And then uh, the dank one on oh, Instagram Artista. is saying shout out to Tim at halftime. So they, yeah, yeah,
3: that's right. Tim, Tim manages all the shipments. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're right, artisanal, you're correct. Uh we had, we had him on and on uh, they're doing great stuff up there as well. I mean, you got probably if you're traveling from New York to Connecticut or so, that is the one stop. It's 5 maybe 8 minutes off 95 or on the way in through um you know, in through to Connecticut and that would that's what made it just so easy to stop in and and say what's up and it's a great location, great little town. You got this that the train tracks that are on the opposite side of the street, so you don't have any uh, people across the street from you, and you have that whole parking lot where then you could have set up. Well, you did set up your outdoor area, yeah. um, so that came uh, basically during COVID. You had to pretty much expand and and kind of adapt.
3: Well, June when you came, June eighth, we were not allowed to open inside. So uh, that's right,
2: yeah, because everything was through that window.
3: Everything was at the window. Not yep. anymore, but yeah, outdoor seating, outdoor this and that. And so, you know, we were just in parking spaces, which we would otherwise not be allowed to do. Yeah. We always wanted to be outside in the summer, so we asked the town, and they said they allowed us to do that, which was great. It kind of it really saves us, you know. I mean, from, I'm sure
2: they sort also like with the restaurants in town as well. The only way they're going to be able to operate is oh, outside.
3: Absolutely. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So they did it for everybody, but um, but 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 they have a sidewalk. We're lucky we have a whole parking lot that we can deal with. Okay. Know, so, I mean, they're, they're,
2: right. It's fantastic. And you plenty of parking, you know, even after you've taken up those areas and yeah. along the uh, fence area there uh, yeah. and, and right before the ramp and all that stuff. Uh, very cool.
1: Um right. you, you know, it, you guys it, doing any deliveries?
3: That's all we did uh, uh, March, April, May. And we, Delivered through the states that we were allowed to deliver through UPS, which is New York and what Vermont and Pennsylvania, and then we leveraged halftime. We'd send beer to halftime, and they could send it uh, Thursday, uh, which was cool. huge. So not to mention California again, but we were sending beer all the way out to California. Wow, it was great.
0: It's a good partnership so, to have. You know, that's really there. fortunate. Yeah, absolutely.
3: absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, um, and we still, you showed me that picture of that 12 pack. That was, that was a halftime kind of deal.
2: Oh, so it was a mixed 12. It was a mixed 12. Yeah. Ah, that's pretty cool. It's like a, uh, a sampling and that really probably turned people on to certain styles and certain, uh, specific beers that you were releasing at the time.
3: I mean, they get, they get first-hand stuff from a brewery right next door before anyone else gets it. Yeah, How did that relationship come
2: about? Was it just something that they were looking to sublease and you found information, I don't want to say on the paper, but online or something
3: or word of mouth? I was I was a, 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 a frequent purchaser of the store. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a funny thing. It's one of those things where it's like, you just never know. So the guy that when we were starting to talk to try to distribute through craft beer guilds, the guy that, his name is Mike, that um, was kind of wanted us to start to build up our distribution thing. I was texting him about some things and he said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm busy. I'm in a meeting with Halftime. Hmm. And I've always seen at the other end of their store, they had empty space. And it's almost like one of those things. I texted him and I almost felt ridiculous and embarrassed when I texted him. I said, ask if the last four rows could maybe be eliminated and be a brewery. And I like I remember typing out the text and I almost deleted it because I thought like this was like an and I said let me just you know, I said you know what screw it let me just hit send, and and <laughs> here it is here you are, <laughs> and I hit send and then they had said and then later on Mike was like they're actually thinking this something similar they'll get back to you, huh? And here swear. you are you never know I just hit send. Right. it never hurts to ask so yeah I mean you might feel silly
2: but it never hurts to ask. Magic you know? things have come for me just asking. And then it, whatever it is, it is. I'm acceptable of all the answers. And, but and that's, here I am. And here's oh, Steve <laughs>
3: No, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm like, typically, typical me would have deleted that message. And I say, you know what? I just, whatever I was on, I said, let me just hit send. <laughs> he probably had a few beers in him.
1: <laughs> and probably. said, you know.
3: Yeah. Can't hurt. Heck. I do
2: I mean, at that point, you were in the chocolate shop. Is that where a lot of the inspiration for some of the the chocolate-flavored stouts and pastry stouts came from? Is that where it kind of originated?
3: Um, a few. Maple yeah. bacon. We did a maple bacon stout that came from – I went up and looked at all the truffles. It's a shop called Chocolations. Oh, they're, rows and rows of truffles, all handmade. Um, what else? I, I did – you mentioned I did like a peppermint chocolate stout. Ooh. Um, what else do I do that? I for? feel like I've
2: seen that. I don't think I've had that before, but I've definitely seen that oh. on, uh, on the shelf somewhere.
3: Okay. Well, uh, do we do it? Yeah, we did it. I feel like
2: you did. It was in a, It was like a mint, mint green can.
3: Mint chocolate, yep, 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 yeah. yep,
2: yep. I feel like I've seen it.
3: Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I take inspiration from everywhere. I'll walk around now just to run with it. I'll walk around pastry shops just to figure out what's, what's something, whatever I like to eat, I want to see, how do you drink that? Mm.
1: Yeah. I had we had done a beer uh, called the salt and fudgery and I was at a restaurant and we had this chocolate fudge, salted caramel concoction. And I was like, I got to figure a way to brew this. Cause this <laughs> yeah. is phenomenal. We did. We wound up winning the world beer cup for that, for that oh. brew. Um, but yeah, you know, you never know where your inspiration comes from, but the best part about it is trying to replicate that in a liquid form. Yeah. And- when you get it right, man, it's, it feels really good.
3: Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I mean, that's, you know, you, you, you asked the question before about why, you know, IPA versus stout. And I think one way to look at it is an IPA or a stout base could just be like a blank canvas. Right. And then it's just like, how do you, how do you implement flavors with that beyond just malts and hops and yeast and be a little different.
2: Like yep. a mad scientist sitting there. I don't know. How can we put this all together? What are uh, Paul? What are the some of the things while you were home brewing? What are some of the other uh, people in the home brewing clubs that ended up having breweries? Did you, you remember any of the guys that ended up spawning off and starting their own thing?
3: Yep, Chris Sheldon has a a, a cider and and brewery called Diner Bruco down in uh. Rochelle. Um, they make great. They make great stuff. They make great cider and beer. They had. A Brett IPA. Remember that craze? I wonder what happened to that. But they, they had one right? that was in a white wine barrel. I love the Brett IPA style. <laughs> was,
0: Harborhead you, had one Pete? that was great. Harborhead yeah. had one that was awesome. Loved it.
3: If it's yeah. done right, it could be fun and effervescent. Somebody told me that they had a Pilsner with, that was brewed with the champagne. Really? That was interesting.
2: That doesn't seem all that far off. That seems like something that probably
3: should be done. I was just told by I think it was one of the canners. I think it was Ironheart, one of the guys at Ironheart. Ah. Um, but uh who else? Who else? That's all I know from that club. Although the guys that started LIC hmm. were in that club before me. Oh, really? Okay. And, um, I don't know them so well. Dan and I don't know who else. Matt, is it? But um when I came in, to those clubs, they're like because I had moved up from Manhattan. I lived in Manhattan for quite a while, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the guy, the so and so and so and so started L.I.C. Brew Project." And back then, they were just all barrel, barrel. This all barrel program, mm-hmm. and then it evolved to do IPAs. But um so
1: let <laughs> me let me ask you, uh, and I ask every brewer that comes on this this question, and I'll get to it a little earlier today. Ooh, but, a little earlier. Well, yeah, choosing <laughs> <it's usually laughs> the end of the show, but uh, I'm interested to. know since what he's doing now paul what was like your first craft beer that you had you said wow i I, this is awesome this is craft beer like what what turned you on to the craft beer scene two what's your favorite style and third but not least but but not least um what is your go-to now that you don't brew
3: okay so the first one, and I think we talked about this a little bit before, um, I remember waiting around for Christmas season for yeah. the box and the double box. The big, <laughs> malty, supposed to have a little bit of a whiskey and scotch kind of aromas to them. Those are the beers that kind of got me obsessed. And that was back in the 90s when there was nowhere else to go. Yeah. To the next level, I think, the 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 beer that really kind of got me thinking was remember Keegan Ales? Oh yeah. Of
1: course. Mother's Milk. Mother's
3: Milk, bro. Yeah. yeah. That that stout was the first stout that I had that was not a Guinness. Yeah. That was different. And then I became and then the next one that I had that was kind of a little bit more ubiquitous was the Left Hand Milk Stout.
2: Okay. I was just about to interject and say left hand milk stout was in one the of the first. Like,
3: and I remember looking for that and trying to find a place in Manhattan. Where can we go to find that? Because it was tough to find. And then over time, if you start to see like imperial Mil- imperial stout on the shelves, that was yeah. a rarity. Yeah. yeah. Imperial, sure. I had to go look everywhere for an imperial stout. <laughs> Dan at, uh,
2: uh, at Artisanal. Dan at Artisanal is giving a quick shout out to Ironheart. Obviously, Artisanal does a yeah. lot of canning, yeah. So they probably have Ironheart up there. Jamesport Brewery is uh, Jamesport Farm Brewery. Sorry, is checking in, saying what's up, and then uh, Dan also says freaking Mother's Milk and just a lot of K's. Yeah, yeah
3: oh. man. <laughs> oh, I love it. I right, remember. it's one
2: of those things that you know those those two stouts were you know prior to the old Rasputin too.
3: Yeah. Yes. Oh, those, well, I remember.
1: Those... I remember Tommy. Tommy Keegan saying, you know, when they opened their brewery, they did not expect to have their flagship be a milk (laughs) stout. And it just happened that they brewed it. It came out so well. And people were just, like you said, if you didn't, there was nothing else but Guinness. And then you had this decadent, wonderful tasting, you know, New York state beer. It took off for them.
2: Yeah it was one of those things that put them on the map because no one really yes. knew Keegan Ales, And then all of a sudden you see the, the logo associated with that, that big taste that they had yep. going on in the, the mother's milk.
1: So uh, what, what is your favorite style, Paul?
3: Um, so my favorite my favorite style is still, uh, a double IPA. Hmm. Okay. Uh, right now I'm drinking our, our Rewaka. Cool. Um, and then you had mentioned a beer, like a go-to beer, and it's a Pilsner or Raquel. Ah, nice. Yes. Check Pils. If it's a Sunday afternoon, if it's a Sunday watching the game, yep. Pilsner or Raquel. There you go. Had a few myself
2: yesterday, as well as an entire six-pack of uh, Dogfish 60 Minute.
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: it was a
2: good awesome. day yesterday. That's why I didn't post the picture right away. I <laughs> forgot about a lot of things.
1: <laughs> so, I meant
2: to send Paul. I'm pretty sure I thought I sent Paul the uh, the code for the Zoom tonight. I realized looking at my scent mail, I never did, and and then I now realized you know when Steve, when you said that, I had the the image on my computer for tonight's show, and I went, oh, that's right, I never did that. I fell asleep way too early last night. Way too many beers. <laughs> but that's that's it. The crispy boys all day, in in uh, during the football game, a couple wings, some yeah. crispies,
3: a little bit of multi uh, IPA. I'm, I'm set to jet. Who was I talking to yesterday? I think somebody in the tap room. Yeah, I miss. I, and I wonder if there's going to be a comeback for just the whole West Coast, this crisp, the piney. Now the wintertime. No, those, thanks. Still kind of piney, malty kind of IPAs. But locally, freshly brewed is not so easy to find anymore.
2: Nah. Yeah. The West Coast is not a popular style right now. I'm and okay with that. I know. You, yeah. Yeah, we know, Pete, we know you don't like your West Coasts. I like the dankier, the better. That's what I like. Clarity, so danky. A
3: little dank, you know? Um, yeah. Just I,
2: you know what I enjoy? Um, Toaster pastry from 21st Amendment. That was a real malty. I don't want to say danky, but it was a little sweeter than usual. But it was yeah, it was one of the ones that I, I wish they would bring back. They were selling them at one point in like 19.5 cans for like yeah. the train ride. They were train beers. It was awesome.
3: I don't remember that beer. I know, obviously,
1: 21st Amendment. but I, 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 I miss going to, to Philly. And going to Monk's Cafe, we didn't get to go this year, and just drinking a Pliny the Elder on tap, mm. and that is just a West Coast beautiful beer.
3: Why is Monk's gone? You just mean Next, just they? Like- they
1: actually shut down now. Um, they closed for pandemic, then reopened, and now every so often they'll shut down for a few weeks because it's just too much. It's
3: too I mean much Monk's day. is such
1: a small little place to begin with. How many people are you going to fit in there? And and you know, keep the business open.
2: Uh Dan is checking in and saying dank and skank and Tubby Glassware saying stinky stank. Everyone loves the stanky danks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just,
2: just, it's just a barrage when... of, of, uh, t- <laughs> they closed. Dan said, Dan said they're absolutely closed.
1: Monks, right? Yeah. Monks? Yeah. Sad, that's man. Sad.
2: Yeah, man. That's yeah, the staple uh, of national craft beer. In my opinion, people still, Seek to find that last can remaining on the shelf and post it, or I would, h- holding to it in their fridge in the back of it.
1: I would, ju- I would every year just take a trip to Philly just to go to Monks, just to have pump frites and, and pot of mussels and beers that I ca- oh, can't yeah. get here in the East Coast. Mm.
3: So I think, you know, once mussels and fries, let's call it next summer when things open back up again. What's there's going to be so many changes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's going to be the beer, right? I mean, I, I think I think people are going to come back to something, but I don't know if it's going to be New England-style IPAs. It's mm. going to be a huge cultural shift.
0: I think sours are, again, much to my chagrin. I no, think but I sours think re- are still going to be.
2: I think they ran their course, to be honest with you. Oh,
0: God, I hope so. <laughs> again. And I oh, like, I it, like we, sour we IPAs, sour double boy. IPAs are delicious. Hopefully, Chris. I want, uh, I, God, I hope it's rice lagers. Ooh. Really? Yeah,
2: the lighter I'd, the better.
0: Uh, Mike, I think you would you had brought back a few from uh, from Jersey. Out, uh, no, no, from
2: that, Connecticut. Outer Light.
0: That's right. Oh god. Which
2: is the I, other brewery I stopped on my tour when I stopped yeah. by Paul's place.
0: Uh, I had gotten done mowing the lawn, opened up a you know a couple of crispy boys. You brought back the rice lager. Was the
1: fucking balls? It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: but would you would you
1: want to drink that like hanging out? Yeah, all day.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, fuck that, yeah. That,
0: that is the would, new
1: that,
2: Budweiser
0: that, really? that you I would say a, a rice lager or, uh, or a Kulsh. which would, would for I, me, I need a little bit day, more flavor.
1: Paper. I need a little bit more flavor in there. Well, that's what
2: the wings are for.
1: Well, yeah, it's true.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, listen, I, I can't say we should eliminate IPAs across the board because I still tend to gravitate back to some there of my common
0: business models built on. Hazy
2: IPAs. Of- yes. Yeah, and and some <laughs> of them are really good. Can you can you imagine what Barrier would do without their hazy IPAs, or Sand City huh. would do without their New England IPAs? It'd be t- it be Free tough.
1: House. Well, right, well, other other half, <laughs> other they, half, other half. <laughs> right. But, but the, the, you know, the thing is, there are certain breweries that open up with just doing hazies, but then they do other stuff that is just as good. Yeah, that people kind of overlook, and the beer, I mean some of the stouts that I've had from other half within the last year are phenomenal. Um, so besides doing a hazy, they do a great, great stout. Um, I feel like if you do stouts. a good
2: new England, you could probably do good other styles. I mean, if you're a good brewer, you can put the yes, parts of the, the machine together and create a well oiled
1: machine. You hope so. Oh, um, you were saying you, you home brewed for like 10 years, or more 15 years. Uh, did you at any time go to like any other breweries and maybe intern a little bit or, or like pick their brains for some
3: help? Um, not as a home brewer. When I started contracting, that's when I got the experience because I didn't just like fold my hands and say, (laughs) I I went in there and shadowed everybody and then ended up kind of basically there's one or two places where I ended up actually working at those places. That's awesome. Yeah. So not, not, not as a home brewer, um, but, but kind of after the fact. Cool.
1: Well, you know what? I, 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 many brewers that I I did collabs with or whatever you did, you know, you're working with them and you're hanging out and you're like, Oh, well, what is that? Why did you do that? Oh, I do that for this reason. You're like, I never thought of that. You just
3: pick something up. Yeah. No, no. Well, well. There, there, was a lot that I learned to to figure out a lot of these other creations from these guys because you never sure. know, has different perspective. You know, yep. One guy I remember from um, uh, I forgot the name of the brewery, but uh, he um, uh, he he brewed he brewed coffee for five or six years. Oh wow! So much. So much to the table from the way you from coffee versus the way you extract from malts. And, I, you know, Interesting. he would say you would do this in coffee, but you wouldn't do it in malts. And I said, well, why wouldn't you? And then we tried it and tried to kind of, we figured out some different things that way. That's awesome. Um, you just never know. You yep. Never know. Um, but I, I will you're funny. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was like, uh, right, rice lagers actually came up in conversation Again with one of the guys at Ironheart, because I think the beer that he said, um, you know, these these should be rice, rice lagers. So these should be right, you know, you, you see that with what's that hit, hit, hit a chino the Japanese are those yes. rice um, so a little bit of mouthfeel in a lager that would otherwise be more crispy. Um, although the beer that it was, I think was a cherry blossom. Mochi beer. So here I go, taking a traditional style and butchering it.
0: <laughs> that sounds interesting, though. Yeah, <laughs> but,
3: but I would take you know the pressed oil of the flour and put it in, put it in the beer. He's like, this has got to be a rice lager. This has got to be a rice lager. Yeah. So just, just different styles, you know. Cool.
2: Thomas D Train Santiago, one of the uh, board ops and host of the uh, Sports Mafia on com checking in, saying, "Cheers, boys!" But we're gonna go ahead and shut down Instagram before it shuts us down because there's a time limit to how long oh, you can be someone showing nipple. No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. It's just it's time limit. Not yet. So, we'll say goodbye to Instagram. Thanks a lot for everyone checking us out in our <laughs> the entire first hour what, of the I show.
1: Away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think he shut down the lights. He's like, that's it. I had enough.
1: I'm done. It was the D train part. Thanks,
2: Instagram. Holla. Oh, there we go. So, I'm going to share this to Instagram TV. People can check out the uh, entire first hour uh, live on Instagram TV. So, pretty cool. First How time many i did that. you got there,
3: Paul? 20. i Wow. Plus two kegerators back that way.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, nice.
2: 20 wasn't enough. We need two more.
3: No. No. Um, yeah, we try to balance, but just coming out of the pandemic, it's now like 13 adjuncted IPAs and like three normal IPAs and then like five stats and then one guest tap, which kicked and that got replaced with a, now another another stout.
0: You said you were gonna brew uh, in one of the uh, the kettles tomorrow. What's uh, what's on the menu for tomorrow?
3: Uh, well, it's a double IPA. Um, that is going to be the larger version of the Hop Culture uh, trial beer. Mm. Okay. Hop okay. Culture magazine. Yep. Which is a peanut butter banana. <laughs> We're gonna make it a full-on Elvis and throw some bacon in there. God
0: damn it. I was just gonna ask if Elvis is <laughs> going to the fucking
3: can. The bacon, work. The bacon work. So that's that's why it's great to do the We did a little with the bacon, we're like no no, that just took it the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> peanut butter bacon sandwiches.
0: <laughs> Stop with the peanut butter. Um, my people, favorite Elvis impression is still Eddie Murphy. <laughs>
2: oh, oh,
0: interesting
2: and it, he does it great yeah yep.
0: gotta win this race
2: <laughs> holy shit paul i i want to go through a couple of these beers in our in our <sighs> second hour we usually start breaking these down i know we kind of touched on it a little bit let's start with what uh i started drinking tonight and that's the peanut butter s'mores it is a double ipa with peanut butter cinnamon vanilla and chocolate so i know you again sp- spoke briefly about that uh, run us down on the in the brewing process here without giving away the uh, the secrets of the farm here.
3: So double double IPA base, so heavily weeded, oded to make it nice and soft, dry hopped it. Um, Mosaic, Simcoe are the hops that would really kind of soften the profile. Mm. Like um, and then we do. I don't. I forgot if this was before or after where I talked about making the marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we make the marshmallow stove top, throw it in there. So as it warms, you get more marshmallow. So one, one quick thing about these beers, drink them at like 50, 55 degrees. Store them cold because they can explode. But you drink them, <laughs> drink them at, <laughs> they'll self-destruct, right? Drink, drink them at <laughs> 45, 55 degrees. You get a lot more flavor out of it. Um, little hint of just a chocolate fudge syrup that we I didn't in.
2: get that all that much. I got obviously more peanut butter right up front.
3: Didn't yep. want it, but for us to call it s'mores, you gotta have. I figured people would be like, "Well, it's not s'mores if you don't put chocolate in there." So I want yeah. a little bit of chocolate in there, and then oh, you still have the caramel coconut cookie? It's so good.
2: good. I I enjoyed every. I had two of them. I oh, gave no. one to Steve, one to Pete. Oh, Thank you. Enjoyed those, and and what is it? That's a nine percenter
3: caramel coconut cookie.
2: Uh, it, I thought it was up there.
3: It's yeah. up there. Yeah, it's it's up there. That's a nightcap.
2: Yeah, it's a nightcap. Well, that's what I did. I well, used okay. it as a nightcap over the okay. summer. I was by the uh, the fire pit outside, and I'm like pouring a nice, nice that's heavy. powder. Be- it was delicious. Oh
1: no, it's only it's it's late. It's only twelve nine.
2: Oh, 12-9. that's right. It's only twelve nine.
3: That's right.
2: Yeah, it was. Um,
3: and then with this variation, this variant, we threw in peanut butter powder. Peanut mm. butter. Stores. We had actually pulled on Instagram what would you want added to s'mores? Would we, you we, like almonds, coconut, peanut butter? And sure is like a fair answer. 75% peanut butter.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> as you... you crack it open, should get peanut butter right in the nose. Um, yep. As as the marshmallow comes through, I think the impression of the marshmallow will turn peanut butter, which would be a nuttiness, more into like a Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cup. Okay. And it would otherwise be peanut butter powder. Otherwise would be just straight up like crust nuts. So if you're getting some sweetness to it and some like racist peanut butter cup, that's kind of the marshmallow working with the peanut butter Cool, and then you get a little bit of the cinnamon.
2: Yeah. I, I didn't catch as much cinnamon on, on again, first kind of sip or anything like that. It was a lot of peanut butter, but as I went through it and had more of it, you know, like I said, the, uh, the, 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 IPA based to me is what really threw me off cuz I'm like, wow, oh, this is an IPA but yet there's that peanut butter, you know, forward flavor. I could I could get into that cuz it drank light. It didn't drank heavy. Like you would pi- picture a peanut butter stout or a peanut butter porter or something like that.
3: So, we planned this 3 days ago and yeah, I was a little nervous about, wow. it. you know, sometimes some of these beers can be overly spiced and with well, peanut butter and marshmallow, I didn't want to ruin it with the cinnamon. But, but listen we call it s'mores so i wanted to throw some in there so i'm glad that you didn't get a lot of cinnamon but i wanted it to at least be there just for the, the i point. feel
2: it on the tongue absolutely i feel it on the tongue as i went through about halfway through so it was there uh maybe i didn't i didn't let it breathe uh, or let it warm up i had it literally right out of the the freezer not freezer for fridge so maybe i didn't get as much of that but i'm sure that you would the freezer yes i froze it and uh <laughs> and then you know i basically Right out of the fridge, right into the glass to drink. So, so anyway. the one,
3: yeah, the one thing I take to heart, which is tough, is really trying to recreate those flavors. Is figuring out what the right balance is because everyone's tastes are different. And I think coconut's a good example. Marshmallow is another good example too. Because one thing I realized is everybody has a different impression of what marshmallow should be. Mm, yeah. Okay. You know yeah. Marshmallow is just vanilla. Yeah. But it, it's an experience right because it's soft and it's fluffy and it's how do you recreate that when you're drinking something when a marshmallow wasn't intended to be to be drunk right yeah. but that's the most difficult thing so when i was trying to kind of create that i told you like in the kitchen some people like oh this tastes like marshmallow some people this is a marshmallow to me this tastes like vanilla and it's, it's tough to balance everybody has a different impression mm. so that's another great example some people and so i did a tasting last night where of 20 people at at uh, at a hospital just like like a charity thing and you'll always get somebody that says there's too much coconut same yeah. people else will say i don't i don't get any coconut yep. everyone's palates are different yeah
2: so, that's weird it's,
3: it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough it's a tough thing when you're really dialing in the flavors so exact now is
2: that's it a matter the- of how they they served it or is it a matter of where it is When it comes off the line in the can in the order, like the the earlier cans get less flavor or the later cans get more coconut. How does that work?
3: I personally think it's a combination of how you're drinking it in terms of is it cold, is it warm? Because I definitely believe colder, a lot of those flavors don't come through. And I think it's the palate. I think it's what your palate detects. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So also be what type of glassware,
0: too, which could impact how it's hitting your palate, right?
3: Absolutely. Your glassware, you know, plastic cup is real. real <laughs> Pandemic. There you I go. I drink That's
2: it cool. out of my Barrage, Steve <laughs> from Barrage. Glassware. He intended most of his beers to be drank out of a uh, little bit of it. Oh, he's got the uh, yeah, two villains. Yeah,
0: I'm doing the two villains one.
2: Oh. Okay. You guys are too fancy for me. Two villains, thanks very much for this year. That was a great show. We had fun with those guys up in Nyack. Yep,
3: I've wanted to try their beer for a while, yeah. Since they, you know, and you know what, good stuff.
2: Since we've had them on the show, they've done some crazy collabs with people. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but yeah, they've done some really uh, I mean, they went out to California and did something with uh, someone out 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 west. Uh, I forget who it was, I have to go back in the post and look, but they uh, they collabed with uh, non sequitur. I think that was honestly a connection to our show. I really think that they both saw each other on our show and were like let's hang out with those dudes. So eh, it's kind of cool. That's, that's what we're all about. Right. Connecting. We're, we're, we're people meeting people, meeting people. That's what we're all about. No, it's too much, too much. A little bit. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll pull it back a little bit.
3: <laughs> let <laughs> it, let it loose. Yeah. All
2: right. Then I, uh, cause I'm already drunk. So I'm on. Well. So, so it yeah. it <laughs> it's, it's a season finale. I might as well just let it all fly. All right. I mean, um, honestly, they, they, uh, they, both of those guys, uh, multiple people uh great beer great show and and why not those collabs just make a lot of sense um and you know the evolution of a brewery like two villains in nyack which was tiny tiny place uh only has room to expand and and in this pandemic you know there was room to do those things there was uh, a great need for people to get beer delivered and distribution uh distribution uh i was gonna say distributors at distributors Uh, But yeah, it's just crazy. So I'm I'm sure as much as the pandemic affected that, you know, in-house tasting room cash flow, I'm sure there was a a very large influx in distribution. Paul, you can attest to that, right? I mean, between what you're sending across the states, thank God the government let us kind of just throw the beer everywhere we could, right?
3: Uh, and and Steve started to ask, and I, that, that was one of the biggest things. It was like, yeah, I mean, that saved us in March, April, when we were supposed to close. It was like, what are we going to do? And then they let you deliver, deliver to people's homes locally that you couldn't do before. That was a huge, that was a huge thing for us.
1: They they actually New York State just upped it again, so now it's all the way through January. You guys are going to be able yeah. to. They just keep, they just keep. They I have mean, to.
2: Yeah. 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 Otherwise, I mean, not only the restaurant business is going to go, but the brewing industry is going to go very quickly if they can't distribute the way they're letting them do it. And honestly, Paul, what was the one thing that they've done during the pandemic that you expect them to leave permanently?
3: Um, Well, I hope the idea of dining outdoors, Mm. the, the restrictions for why you can't just have a beer outside like you can do in other countries, I hope they've understood what's the big deal right yeah. right I, I mean have I,
2: we melted down as a society because of it
3: yes no. I, right, right exactly i hope they would lax on that how many times has anybody gone on a trip to a beach or somewhere and come back and be like why can't we just drink outside <laughs> you know? how ridiculous is that rule back from prohibition or whatever it is i'm hoping they'll lax on that um one funny thing I tell a lot of people is, is, is in terms of talking about shifts in cultures is the whole concept of curbside pickup hmm. is something that eight months ago was never a concept. So, for, for example, like I, I, I used to on occasion go to Other Half, right, to pick up beer. Can I mention? And so I would go. Of
2: course you can mention them.
3: So I would go and then I got to look for parking and I got to park and I got to walk around. Seven blocks away. Seven bucks away. And then I pull up and I pop my trunk now. And had I eight months ago called them and said, Can you go up to my car and drop the shopper? They'd be like, What are you an idiot? You know, <laughs>
0: well,
3: it's part That's of the
0: That's definitely curbside is definitely here to curbside stay
3: pickup. Yes. Eight months ago they'd think I'd be crazy. But how great is curbside pickup? I would have never it would have never come, you know, been put together in that way.
2: For many different elements of uh, from regular department stores to supermarkets. I mean, I saw my, my personal stop and shop, not to get up too much off topic, but my personal stop and shop renovated their entire customer service area to become mostly a, uh, curbside pickup. So they have cameras out on the the parking spots. They have refrigerators to keep the cold elements cold until people show up. They have people walking through the aisles with bags of groceries and they're fulfilling orders. Like this is how they're keeping staff on. And on top of it, still doing their work while keeping everybody safe.
3: We do curbside pickup should be something that would continue forever. Such a great convenience. Yeah, that would have never come. You know, society would have never been there if they weren't forced to. I think all we could do is hope. Because who knows?
2: Yeah, I mean, when 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 the economy starts doing great, they'll start pulling back again or or taxing the shit out of it. But still, at least the model has been set and the precedent has been set in order to do this safely and accurately. Paul, have you have you guys uh, been taking? Is it uh, right now uh, mostly call ahead? Are you doing online orders through a website? How are you guys processing those curbside pickups?
3: So ever since we were able to open in June, for us, all the curbsides, all the deliveries completely disappeared. No less. Hmm. We went right back into tasting remote. mode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's basically
2: uh, people coming right to the inside the well, door the window well you have the window still right
3: no now now, now you can come in we, okay. we have to stand inside garage door opens because it's cold people come inside you're able to sit inside and I'm, I'm being a little too maybe pessimistic on the idea we do do quite a bit of deliveries but it wasn't like it was before where the deliveries we were doing was the volume of people coming in on a saturday night you know what i'm saying right we had a lot of deliveries now it's not like that at all. I mean, we'll have one driver come, you know, a couple of days a week now, oh, wow. uh, but it used to be all the bartenders were grabbing a license because they have to be licensed and getting into cars and just delivering. Yeah. Um, now, no, now it's more operating. Room. And with inside and outside we'll have quite a crowd, you know?
2: Yeah. And I and we're really just starting to get into the cold months. Is that going to be the norm right now? As far as you can see people coming inside uh, what's your percentage of capacity at this point? And, you know, what are the stipulations of people sitting for any length of time?
3: We're at 50% capacity, which for us inside is 50 people. That's good. Yeah. Okay. And then outside we have 50 people that we can sit outside.
1: That's
2: awesome.
3: The question is, do people want to sit outside? All right. So do you have
2: heaters? Do you have something going on out there?
3: We have heaters at every table. We have a fire pit. We got all this lights and all this stuff our hope was if we make outside a winter wonderland (laughs) people will come on the snow because if there's a lockdown where else are you going to go you can't go inside a restaurant and if you sit on a sidewalk there's two tables here we have a whole kind of seating area that's the that's the idea but and we'll see. You yeah, know, we were talking we'll earlier, have...
2: like, the people out in Colorado, they, they don't wait around for summer to come back. They're right outside. They're sitting in the, their little areas. They got the Adirondack chairs around the campfire. They're they hardened people. It. They got they got real balls and thick blood.
0: Right. <laughs> and marijuana is legal there. And a lot so, of, good yeah, point. Yeah. So they don't so feel that. Like
2: anything. <laughs> Which, by animals. the way, could be coming through soon. Who
0: knows? <laughs> God, I fucking hope so.
2: Yeah, I mean... Uh, and Pete will not be smoking the weed, even if it does. No, no. But he just wants the tax no, revenue, the tax revenue
0: <laughs> to keep my fucking property taxes low. There
2: you go. Please. Well, listen, there's so many people that should share that view, honestly, because there's no precedent set up on these states that have legalized, uh, uh, a.k.a. New Jersey, by the way, which won't see the benefits of that for a few years. But still, um, there's not it's not like you're hearing Colorado's burning because they legalized marijuana years ago. They no, it's just because of the
0: wildfires.
2: Right. It's just people doing, uh, what is it, uh, gender reveals in the woods <laughs> yeah. like a pack of dicks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you hear certain things, but there's not like the overwhelming amount of people violating uh, You know, certain restrictions that are set in place. It's just like drinking. If we can get on the same mindset uh, of marijuana as the same thing as drinking, I think that you can see a a huge tax increase. I mean, look at all the construction that's going out in Denver. If you've been to Denver in the last few years, they are just building and building and building and building. I wonder why the tax breaks, the amount of companies that are moving out there because they can build and save money. It brings in business. It brings in tourism. It brings in everything. And it's just a matter of regulating it to a point and taxation. And, And so with that, then that opens up the whole world for... You know, even breweries to use, uh, you know, marijuana based CBD, THC based stuff in their brews. Paul, have you ever thought about that? If it ever becomes legal, something you would interject into some of these
3: crazy uh, adjunct style brews? I considered it because, well, CBD coffee is sold. Yes. Yeah, it is. um, And people ask, have you ever thought about putting that into the beer? And I thought about it. I I don't know. Never really, never really considered it too too much. Are you,
1: uh, are you looking to do any barrel age stuff?
3: We have barrels. We have Ooh, barrels. Nice. Here, Let's take a walk. Show, Show us the barrels. Dude, the barrels. It's really ridiculous the barrels we have. Very small. We got three three small barrels, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. We have a Jameson, a tequila, and a Four Roses. Ooh. Okay. So we did do a barrel age. We did a Four Roses tiramisu um, in April. Uh, we did a Jameson Cherry Amaretto Stout last year, which is great. And that sounds delicious. Tequila, yeah, te- that was one of the more popular ones. The tequila, we never we pulled out, but we, we kegged it and never actually did anything with it quite yet. Yeah, Paul, I
2: never pull out, just
3: oh, so say. right.
1: I hope your wife's listening. Yeah. <laughs> he came
2: down before. She's like, you're being loud. I'm like, I'll be loud if I want. I'm drunk. Leave me alone.
1: I, I pay the bills. I pay the
2: bill. No, she pays the bills, to be honest, at this point. <laughs> I, I can't will really find, say all that much.
3: I will find with those barrels. The best thing to do is to just not adjunct them, just to pull the beer and to get the barrel flavor. And so we did like a four roses stout. That was great. Once you start putting the maple and all that stuff and the barrel gets lost. Yep. Yep. Might as well not. Well, why just? Might as well not barrel age it and put all the flavors in, or whatever. And do you, know? you have
2: a, a barrel broker, or are you just starting with the three and, and thinking about expanding that? What's the uh, future look for the barrel program?
3: The limitation is space. Yeah, we just uh, yeah. one at a time. We don't have the space, and um, I'll be honest. And I don't know if anyone's. You know, I've tried to push. You know, we're known for our adjuncts and stuff, and I tried to push. Oh, we got a barrel aged out coming out this distribution. Like, well. We'd rather have the maple, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's pe- apparently you get pigeonholed. And, and I won't, I won't make beer just for that reason, but it's just like, okay, well then I'm going to make the barrel aged stout and it's going to stay in the tasting room. But it, I'm just saying what I'm hearing. Um, and it's interesting. It's like, well, p- what I'm hearing is people don't put a premium on barrel aging anymore. Mm. It's just same. Cause I love that. I love the barrel. I would rather I, I like the 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 oak and trying to understand, you know, some some types of bourbons you get vanilla notes out of it and that would come that's through it. the case, but apparently um this is what I'm hearing. So yeah. I'm here. That, that, that's you know. There was I mean, something I, meanwhile I was gonna...
1: Bourbon County just released their stuff and it all sold out.
3: <laughs> well, They're, they're known for, right, for, and Ben and And getting back to, actually, Bourbon County used to be so thick and viscous back in 2011 and 12, even, I I had a tough time getting through that stuff. I I wish I could have, if anybody has an old, like 2000, I guess, pre-2010 Bourbon County.
1: Um, Uh, A year ago, (laughs) I drank a 2009 really yeah and it was crazy
3: yeah mm. so different right was it different or is it yes. my perception yes
1: yeah it was a little oxidized but you know it still had a lot of flavors and you're correct it it's it was very heavy on the tongue
0: have you had any other beers this year that you think might have been uh oxidized maybe more than a little
1: what, yes, uh, mean-
2: the work for, with uh, Mike, Pete and Steve from uh, <laughs> <Hopsters>. <laughs> that was
1: really uh, ex- from our friends, hopsters that did such a great job.
0: Friends is being generous. Friends. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well,
0: friends might be generous.
2: Yeah. Associates. Uh, associates. People that brew beer that should have known better. Yeah. I'm starting to get too drunk, so I don't want to go too far.
3: I, I, I've had this debate, and maybe maybe I'm going too far. And please, just change. but of, of there's
2: no too far with us, unless it has to do with uh, race, creed, or religion. So we're good.
3: There you go. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much um, it. Or sexual
0: orientation.
2: Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true.
3: There you go. Um, have have the have the beers changed, or has has the people's tastes changed? Yes. Um, yes. And that's, <laughs> I, I, I struggle with that with myself. You know, is it, and getting to the question about Irvin County, i would love to try one again, is, has has my palate adjusted? And so I'm asking for more, or, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. you think about like, well, I don't want to name names, but there are some beers out there. Oh, people, please. It's not what it used to be. And is it, or is it that your taste has evolved? That's uh, something that I've just struggled
2: with. Well, there's so many, so many potentials out there nowadays that, and there's so many options and there's so many differences right. that it's it is it's tough because you've tasted so many different varieties of the same thing that you're not even quite you're probably i'm thinking the
0: how i mean how many breweries are doing a bourbon barrel aged stout
2: right yeah right so
0: you've you know if that uh you know uh if that was your first now you know in the every you know, how many of you had since how many of you had this year Yeah, that color your judgments based on, you know,
2: and how much do you remember that and can, can honestly speak or write or review that? I mean, it's one thing if you're doing a review in the moment and I know I, I hate the reviews because of what we talked about before. Everyone's uh, tastes are going to be different on the same exact beer. So how do you know what is true and what is not? So all you can do is say, okay, here are the beers I like. And this is kind of where my palate is. If you're in that range, here's what else you'll like, you know, exterior from that. It makes it so, makes a lot of sense for people to kind of follow that course as opposed to just going, here's this beer and here's what I think of it. You know, like, all right, well, here's a bunch of beers that I like. If you like any of those, maybe you should try the other ones that you haven't had and see where your palate ends up.
3: Yeah. I mean, so I, you know... <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I think I know my palate. And then, um, one summer I went to Disney world.
2: <laughs> and you had Kona big wave and it was like, yes.
3: No. Because, and I'll be honest.
2: <laughs> and that's I'm what not- that happened to me. Just so you know, that's why I said, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's big waves. The best. And I'm drunk at Disney world. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, no, we always have the, we always have the debate about some, some New England style beers if they're not the same as they used to be, right? So okay. I went to Disney World because my mother planned this trip for the whole family, myself, my sister, my kids, my sister's kids. We went, I, I went, and we go down. And in Are you telling
2: places, my life story? What are you doing, Paul?
3: You're, <laughs> sorry. Uh, same go exact one. thing happened
2: to me. Go ahead, keep going.
3: You're limited. Okay. I was forced to drink... IPAs that were not New England style IPAs. And I said, all right, let me drink these. I came back and I had one regular New England IPA. And I'm like, oh, this is so soft. All of a sudden, which all I'm saying is my palate had reverted back because I was forced to drink more of the West Coast Piney IPAs for the first time. I second guessed my palate. What were you drinking down there? A lot of highlight.
2: Ah, all yeah. right. This is the yeah. cigar
3: city. Good. Nothing stuff. wrong with it. But it's Bold. it's besty. It's citrus. It's piney. Mm-hmm. It's thin. It's clear. Not thin, yes. it's salty, it's clear. Yeah. It's all drink down there. So I came back and I had one local beer that I used to be like, oh, they used to be good now. I'm like, oh, this is so soft all of a sudden. Yeah. First time I second guessed my palate. <laughs> I all went I'm down thin- to uh
2: Fort Myers, and I had a Fort Myers Brewery and Company. They had a hazy. It's not the hazy that we have up here either, so they can call it New England. They can call it whatever they well, want. Well, there's
1: alligator piss in it. Right. When you brew it with swamp water, it's, you know. <laughs> They
2: have uh, centrifuges. They'll be able to filter that well. Oh, but no, it, Not that it was bad. It was good, and you're right. It, it changed my view of what their thought of a New England IPA is versus what my thought of a New England IPA is. I want that, you know, really heavy, can't see through the glass kind of IPA. And down there, their are double IPA or hazy IPA or double dry hop IPA is clear. Everything's clear down there. So it's just a whole different scene. And that's again why we kind of reach out to people all over the country with this show, is try to see what their thought process is with those same styles that we're all accustomed to the name and what we associate to it.
1: Now, now, Paul, when you brew something, and and this was my Thought process: I was brewing something to my palate. If I liked it, then I was going to brew it. And yeah, we did you know other stuff that you know people asked us to do. But a majority of the beers that we had brewed were because I wanted to because I liked the flavor. And at the end of the day, um, whatever, however it came out, I would tweak it to my to what I thought it should be like. You do the same thing, or you know, are you listening to, two customers
3: or? I do the same thing, but I've learned, I have to be a little flexible. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, what's the what's, so what's style that you don't enjoy brewing, but you know, is there, uh, so you no, said, right. you know, what, going, going out of the pandemic, you know, what's going to be that, that next big, you know, that, that next big style. What, what's the style that you don't want to survive the pandemic?
3: Wait, what's the style? I don't want to survive the pandemic
0: yeah next summer when things are back to normal what do you not want to be a part of that normal
3: what beer style do I not want to be part of the normal mm-hmm. he
1: says pastry style I'm hanging up in the mouth
3: <laughs> I, I, well I don't think there's any brew style that I wouldn't want to see brewed again um, I'll tell you I'll tell you one that I, I think that should come back is a black IPA yeah. I miss black IPAs.
2: Don't You're miss them up music, here, buddy.
3: Here.
1: I'm <laughs> gonna, a few breweries.
2: Whoa, whoa! whoa. I'm yeah. gonna Paul there are right a few now. Few out
1: there that have been doing them again.
2: I'm gonna be shipping you beer immediately, yeah. Yeah, immediately tomorrow. Them.
1: Is it Eleanor?
2: It is Eleanor. I'm gonna send you a uh, local brewery. Who I've n- I've now, by the way, drank an entire case of.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. Oh, it's really? a black IP. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, I'm I'm God. obsessed. No, thank you. It's so good. Oh my God.
0: I all, it.
2: Oh, this. Man. Will okay. this, this to me will knock your socks off. That is one of my favorite beers to date, uh, outside of some of the early beers I've drank. And it is the Black IPA Black IPA So no, I tried Blue Points Toxic Sludge, they brought it back as like this, you know, retro beer style that they yeah. did originally. Because, like you said, it's not something that you see all that often anymore. And Dubco brews it, uh, bi yearly. And so when it comes out, I make sure I get enough of it. I have at least, I'm going to say two, four packs. I'm going to send you up a few of them for, for,
3: oh, I love being on the it. show. Yeah. Deck. I
2: don't have much. The is awesome. The and can that's, that's great. what I'll say about it. It's a, a, you know, a play on Eleanor from sixties, uh, uh, gone in 60 seconds. Gone in
0: 66. Yeah.
2: But you it's know, so good.
3: It's, it's right. Because the bitterness, you know, it's all, we're talking about the West Coast IPAs. Let's bring bitter back. We got to bring mm-hmm. bitter back. That's the one thing, and you know what? I you, do you remember the Beanery? Yeah, remember the Beanery? Yeah, I, yeah, I remember to that. The Beanery was from Vermont, and they were and I maybe 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 this is going too far, but people would it was an IPA that was a little bit bitter. It was a coffee. They did coffee IPAs that had caught that. Had, they did a, a coffee black IPA. Nice. They came around on tap and they just disappeared when things shifted from west coast to east coast IPAs, a lot of those guys disappeared, right?
1: Yep. one of the one of the best black IPAs they ever had was a uh, Firestone Walker's Wookie Jack. Oh, I remember Wookie. Man, one of my favorite. That thing Wookie? was Yes. Yep. It was awesome.
2: It was one of those things where like black IPAs it embodies a lot of the things that I like. I like a little bit of the bitterness. I like the pininess and I like roasty. And to me, that's like a combination of all the things I enjoy out of my individual beers. Absolutely. I'm going to send you Eleanor. I'm going to send you two cans of Eleanor and some of the, uh, the, the swag from the wort that we usually send out. I'll, I'll ship it Probably in the next uh, forty-eight hours when I have the time, and you'll you'll enjoy the shit He's out of this. So excited! I'm so excited I mean, to. Send I feel you this. bad
0: that I didn't. I feel bad for you that I really, really didn't like it.
2: I, I. am just going to chalk like,
0: it up to another style that I'm just not sophisticated enough I, to appreciate. No, I'm not sophisticated. I, God, I, I did not like it at all. But,
2: but it's I, if you like black I'm IPAs, sure this like, is like the epitome to me of black IPAs. Yeah. So I, good.
0: I, I yeah. <laughs> he's quick, like,
2: yeah. quick shout out to Chris at dubco uh You know he's going to be on the. Uh... I was
0: excited to see double and triple rainbow.
2: Uh, and mm, Cats.
0: I got to yeah. pick those up.
2: I have those. They're in my fridge. Triple
0: rainbow. Yep.
2: <laughs> great, great doubles I mean, and I don't triples. Think I've had the triple, Belgian styles. The
0: double the double rainbow is pretty great.
2: The uh, the whole them. idea of what they're trying to do, and, and same thing with you, Paul. The the the, I guess the portfolio that you present to the public. Is really important. Do you do you make a conscious effort to really kind of diversify that as you go through uh, each season? Do you do you season out your beers? Do you think of it as like a bi- yearly, bi quarterly kind of concept? How are you rotating your what what's going on in the taps?
3: Week to week, which is I think becoming a problem <laughs> with <laughs> fusion, because it's more like 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 you know Steve's point is more on a whim. Like I want to make this, and let me try to make it, and then I expect. A distributor to say, I'm making this beer, and uh, two days before, c- can you take it? I've learned to try to make it more seasonal and try to kind of plan a little bit better. Um, it, and then there are things difficult? that are, yeah, because yeah. it's not what I want to do. Like, I want to just make, I just want to be creative with it. And then you got to like box it up, you know? But you
0: got you to gotta make money. So you got to play that game, <laughs> right? I mean,
3: got to make it a business. Yeah. What, there are things that are seasonal. The fruity stuff, the coconuts for the summer, sure. now, the winter warmers, a little more spice. You know, there are seasonal there is some seasonality to it, but it's not like we're gonna have our, you know, summer ale in the summer and winter ale in the winter. It's a do little you, bit more- uh, do you guys produce a barley wine? We did one we did one barley wine it was a collaboration with voracious brewing up in we did two sorry the last one's a collaboration with voracious Brewing. put in pork barrels with figs and we call it figgy pudding Ooh, nice so yeah.
1: Interesting.
3: That's,
1: yeah that's a style that is I, i'm seeing less of that a breweries are doing
3: i agree should be a lot more barley wines especially now um there is so much you can do with that base it's so much so rich yep Caramel, I thought about like a rum raisin kind of going with that or, you know, caramel, There's a lot you can do with a barley wine base. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um,
1: but yeah, it's a, it's another style that a lot of brewers, you know what it is because one it's, it's intensive, you know, it's usually the brew days, a long brew day to do a barley wine. If you, you know, you're doing it correctly, a lot of, a lot of sugars, a lot of fermentation, you're aging it for a little while, you know. It's oh, yeah. so it's a little labor labor intensive, and a lot of guys don't have the tank space to let a beer sit for a few months, or right, oh, so. the,
2: oh, the, or are in their schedule to actually do that.
1: Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, our barley wine, the last one we did, I think, I brew, we boiled for three hours, um, and it sat in the tank for two months. Wow,
2: I'm uh, I'm right now simulcasting the show. From the Beer Narrator. Quick shout out to the Beer Narrator. But we all know I'm not really Santa. No, he's not Santa. So uh, Beer Narrator does a really great craft beer uh, trivia show on Instagram. And I want to give him a shout out because we've done some uh, cool um, back and forth with him over the last few years. And uh, we promote him and he promotes us. And it's uh, one of those relationships networking that we'll say... Uh, over the last few years. So, thanks big shout out to the beer narrator on Instagram doing his live quiz show tonight.
0: What's the $64,000 question?
2: Uh yeah. there was, he's got some, dude, he does a lot of research throughout the week to find out his 10 questions. Good for and you. uh by the way, uh vintagebeerclubshirt.com is a sponsor of our show who was a sponsor of his show to begin with. And all I did was reach out to them, and they are like, yeah, you, you're friends with uh Scott? Yeah, absolutely. We can get you guys uh suited up. So thanks to the Beer Narrator for bringing uh, VintageBeerClubShirt.com to the show. I'll give them that. I didn't mean to come to bring the whole show to a screeching halt. That's my bad. Well, here we are,
0: Mike. Good fucking job.
2: Yeah. I just God. Pay, Pull the e-brake every single time.
0: <sighs> so stupid. So
2: much going on in my little control room here. Yeah, uh, what's
0: uh, what's your what's the Yankee candle flavor of the week there, Mike?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, uh, nothing. It's just still the coconut, still the coconut bay. And the fuck is that o- doing? Always that? be the coconut bay. Uh it's just part of the the motif down here in the uh, O2 the ambience. basement.
1: Yeah, it's the ambiance. You With know the what? Oh, Nia pick in the back.
2: No, that's uh, Pedro. Uh, uh, whatever Martinez.
1: Right. right. Right.
2: Um. No, I. I would. Basically, turn on that candle when I'm drinking and sipping in a nice uh, caramel coconut cookie. That's for yeah. damn sure. And have you tried the tiramisu? What do you think? So, uh, that's what I wanted to get to because we've already kind of run down the peanut butter s'mores and the tiramisu I'm enjoying immensely, uh, especially at the, the richness and thickness, because this will be the last beer I drink of tonight. That's for damn sure. And give us a little breakdown about this. Cause this is a, a lot of flavor in a glass. And I know we, again, we've touched on this a little bit throughout the night, but I want to get the full breakdown.
3: So I want to try to pour it myself. We have it on tap here. Um, so tiramisu, again, getting to, um, I did a lot of research on that because I wanted to figure out how do you really recreate tiramisu flavor? And I'll leave it up to you. I, I may not have gotten it, but we'll see. I mean, again, it's 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 all these beers are an ongoing progress if there's something i missed well we'll try it for the next batch but i i went and tried um and spoke to a lot of bakers and to recreate tiramisu it's more than just coffee and chocolate Mm. there is coconut that goes in tiramisu to create an impression of rum yes there's pecan that goes in tiramisu to give a nuttiness to it um there is caramelized sugar that goes in to create the brightness of, of, of like the Ladyfinger cookies. So I added all of that and that should come through. I haven't tried this batch recently, so you should get a little bit of coconut, a little bit of nuttiness. You should get the cold brew coffee that we used from coffee labs. Yep. You should, you, you should get chocolate fudge, you should get chocolate from the malt, you should get roast from the roasted barley. Um,
1: when did I- uh when did you add the coffee, Paul? Uh,
3: for us, always at the end. Uh, and
1: to boil or or straight into fermenter.
3: Straight into fermenter.
1: Cool.
2: I'm getting all those. I mean, I get the coconut for sure. Um, you get, you get a get lot of funny the,
1: the roastiness. Sorry,
2: sorry. Of, no, that's what I was gonna say I get a lot of the roastiness of that barley. It's it's just one of those. Oof, it's just so much flavor packed in and it's one of those things that yeah, it's a nightcap. I don't know if I could drink four of these in a row, but to have <laughs> one uh, throughout the day, uh, you know, yeah, as to kind of wrap it up and, and enjoy like a nice Milano cookie with it would be delicious.
0: Hey. Yeah.
2: I should have uh, brought my, my Milanos down with me down into the basement because it would be a perfect kind of balance to that. I, I enjoy what? hearing my 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 pastries with my desserts when i went to, when we went to oh no you didn't go this was the time i went with my wife we went to trillium and, and i did the uh the coconut porter that they had and i paired it up with a trace leches cake oh my god oh, nothing yeah. more delicious than having a nice dessert with a really nice
3: flavorful yep. stout
1: it's delicious sounds awesome the, the coffee What 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 style of coffee were you using it
3: was a dark roast. Just a dark roast. Dark roast. Yeah, it's just dark roast. Yeah, and it's a uh, local guys by you They're from Terrytown. They call called Coffee Labs. Yep. Cool. Yep.
2: Quick shout out to Terrytown. It's where I my earliest memory of a child was. My dad's. Uh, I think it was an eighty two Nova. First time
1: no- seeing a child.
2: Nope. Uh, not at all. That's, That's oddly way- specific. Well, first because... time
1: first time taking candy from the rape band
2: No, no, not <laughs> not that. Uh my dad broke down uh just over the Z in Terrytown. And uh and a pack we were pack going coyotes on... got you yes. and dragged you into the bushes, and that's how I became the, the scruffy man I am today. No, go. no, I mean I, literally I remember it's not being rape <laughs> man. No, it's not a rape. Man. It, though though that's open tonight, Peter. I did uh, absolutely block out some of those memories, but I remember sitting in the hot car, (laughs) hot car waiting for a tow truck to come get me. And we ended up uh, not going on that family vacation that weekend. What kind of candy
0: did the tow truck driver have?
2: He had s'mores. (laughs) Lots of s'mores. Was it a white van or a dog van? I I didn't look like a big girl. You look like a big girl. And, uh, and I did he not helped. put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> I promise. God. he was into butterflies though, which was interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, but and I, we were off the rails. No, but that's that's exactly what had happened. I remember. I as soon as I hear Tarrytown, I think of broken down car that ruined my family vacation every single time. <laughs> but and not to All not right. to spoil yeah, Tarrytown yeah. for everybody. Yeah,
0: I, I think of uh, I I went to a family dinner at the Ruth's Chris in Tarrytown.
1: Oh, okay. That's, much less
3: creepy. It was with Chris in Terrytown.
1: Yeah, yeah. I drove past Terrytown like five miles away. That's, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> Paul, when you when you go
2: out to venture to a new brewery, uh, what is what are the local breweries that you uh, frequent? Do you do you go into some of the other ones other than yours that uh, appear on? Whether because you're not that far from Connecticut, right? Half hour, pretty much. You're right in the heart of Connecticut in a way.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, I've been a hermit because of the
2: pandemic.
0: <laughs> yeah. But haven't we all?
2: Yeah.
3: Pre-pandemic, Wolf, uh, Wolf and Warrior Brewing, White, mm-hmm. white and White beans, um making making good stuff, and and they're actually venturing out into not the maybe not the box, but I'd see them as doing that Belgian strong ales. They made a great Belgian strong ale. Oh. They made a, <laughs> a, um, a Belgian I quad. Thinking nice. Yeah. Uh, that awesome. the last time visited them, that was was great. Um yes, I would go up to Connecticut and when I did, I think I went once uh recently in May. Where did I go? Um no, I went to 12% where they are you know, where we brew our beer. Mm-hmm. But um but that's, you know, um the, that that's one new and they just opened pretty much before the pandemic. Yeah, 12% the do they
1: have your beer on tap there uh, in the tasting room?
3: They, they do uh, on occasion I think they do now 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 we have a couple of sours out oh cool so they, you know they have a lot of other brewers on tap well, as well
2: tell me about the sours I'm, I'm interested because I like sours
3: I should have brought you well we didn't have no it's a, it's a well the, the latest ones is called fruit machine it's a rotational sour the last one was mango coconut and tangerine mm. so heavily good. fruited uh, like what the kids want yeah um real oh. juicy yeah
2: it is delicious i i one of the things that i really got what into in the
3: drinking right low abv crush it i'm sorry I'm, that's it no you're right what, uh, 100%. how are you how are you uh, souring it's a kettle sour it's just okay frozen. right it's just uh uh what uh, i don't know what yeast we used for the last one but you know purging the tank of 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 oxygen uh, CO2, getting it to you know three and a half, whatever pH we want, and then just boiling yep. and just you know throwing in all the fruits. Cool. Yep. yep. Sounds
2: so simple. You make it sound so simple, Paul.
3: Yeah, throwing fruits. They're like you do this, do fruit a little orange here and there. <laughs> are you using fresh
2: fruits. fruit? Are you using puree's? What are you using?
3: Uh, pru- uh puree's usually from Oregon. Oregon oh. fruits. Mm. Yep. Fruit is that really It'll- the norm? Is that the norm across the this,
2: the country, is, is Oregon fruit?
1: A lot of people use Oregon fruit. There are a few other ones out there, but they're like the biggest. They have the most um, inventory Flavor? usually. Ah. You know, it's expensive to ship. You, usually if you do a full pallet, it's cheaper. But if you just do a few boxes, it, you get it across the States. It's quite expensive.
2: By the He's way, excited. Wolf and Warrior on 195A East Post Road in White Plains, New York is saying, What's up? Superfly Brewery with a tap room. Enough said. I like it. I like the. I'm enough.
3: getting
0: uh, no, dropping texts on my work phone. Are you? Legit. From who? From
2: Instagram? I don't know. Uh,
0: 110,
2: like 1 colon 10, 6 milligram,
0: 555, 6 milligram, 6 p.m., 6 milligram. Or, I don't know, or these are dosing instructions.
2: Yep, pretty much. Pretty 926 sure. <laughs>
0: milligram that I just got.
2: I don't think any of that has anything to do with the show, so.
0: No, 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 it's on the work phone.
2: Oh, fair enough. Yeah, but uh, Wolf and Warrior, actually.
1: Uh, that's the and, amount of uh, crack you, you take. Uh, I
0: Man, I am such a noob. I don't even, I don't, are they referring to Vicodin? Is that pills? That's pills, no idea. right? Nah, sure. it
2: sounds like some sort of dosage for medicine. Not about pills, uh, the uh, Wolf and Warrior were featured on uh, News 4 New York as uh, small shops are getting customers for the holiday season. So this holiday season, Paul, coming up, what's what's the big push here? What are we trying to advertise for the customer base uh, in the craft beer world in around your area of
3: the beers that we're making, or just generally speaking?
2: Yeah, things that are coming out. Are you doing the holiday packs? Or is there anything coming out that's You know specific to the holiday season
3: I mean the the, tiramisu these are the holiday bit tiramisu uh for us is going to be our our holiday beer um it is the cake Christmas cake sort of stout that's the one that we chose for this year um uh uh peanut butter s'mores you know s'mores was was like our fall beer and then people wanted peanut butter for the holidays so even though it's not so Christmas forward, we're trying to be different. We want to not you realize spice in beers. People don't like people are kind of steering away from. So hmm. yeah, I don't know if you um, we've we've learned from from last year that spice people are steering away from spice in beers. Hmm. Uh, and beers. We try to go more sweeter. Well, yes, wanted-
1: pumpkin and you got a freaking sugar rim on it. Hmm. <laughs>
3: after pumpkin what i've learned want no more yeah
2: <laughs> one of the things i Probably do not like in my beers is allspice the allspice is one of the things i like to keep out of my beers it's too much of the dry hard spice flavor unless it's used in very subtle ways to enhance another flavor it's not worth its weight as a as a forward flavor in the beer
1: almost okay, like beers sorted. are one of those. It's like it's
0: Pumpkin is one of those trends I would love for to
1: go away style. Yeah. Ah,
2: there's one post pandemic that we can get rid of pumpkin beers. It
1: won't though. It'll never go away. I know. Fuck no.
2: But I still like a good, uh, Oktoberfest. Those,
3: those things. Paul, have you ever done an, uh, a, uh,
1: The more the fucking
0: merrier.
3: Yeah. One for the first time this year. Ah. And, uh, it was very popular. Traditional
0: uh, Mars or what, what did you do?
3: It was a traditional marzen. We used a lot of biscuit malt, and we got a lot of compliments on it. Um, people didn't believe we could lager. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, Proof you know, I mean, we've had our films before, but you know, we're known for. And um, I think that that's something you know, you guys are talking about rice lagers and, and alternative beers. And to your point of having to diversify to survive, I, I think. I think it's something that we would really be interested in doing more of. More lager. Cool. More hellish. I agree. Yo,
2: yes. A, yes a, a couple of good. Lagers helis.
0: are underappreciated.
2: That would be I... a good style to, to say that would make an emergence. And one of the things that we talked to brewers about is, you know, a lot of brewers say, I want to see make lagers great again. You know, like that was one of the things that they always turn to. If you can create a good pills and a good uh, lager, then you
3: got a good brewery yeah yeah well um uh so so we don't know we'll, we'll try to do that again i guess for january you know for the yeah. fall like for the winter
2: i'd be extremely interested to see what you guys have coming out in 2021 everything that we've i've had from you and we've had from you so far has been awesome from the big bold taste to the non-traditional double ipas that you're putting out i mean fantastic things are happening from the brewery so uh, i want to thank you again very much for sending us the beer and of course yep. being on the show tonight yes. and spending that time with us it's been phenomenal and uh we we will get up there and we're going to make another boys road trip and you'll be one of the ones that we're going to stop in and come hang out and we'll let you know when that's going to happen
3: anytime thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it i'm um... <clears throat> Yeah. Honored and flattered that you'd asked me to, to come on, and, and I really appreciate it. It was a great time. Thank Dude, you, so absolutely. Much. Thank you, uh, yes. Paul.
2: Give us the last big plug. Give us all the information people need to know to find the brewery to get the information, uh, social media contacts, all that stuff.
3: So, Decadent Ales, we're in America, New York, right off ninety-five. Um, www.decadentalels.com is where you can find us, or on Instagram at Decadent Ales, and um, just. Look out for us online or on social media.
2: And lots of good stuff coming out uh, as we see the the new holiday season beers are out there. Uh, Like I said, for me, to have one of these with a nice little uh, cake or some cookies is a fantastic pairing for what we're going to go through for the next month and a half or so.
1: And and you are correct, Paul. Uh, I let uh, the cookie beer uh, warm up a little bit. And (laughs) it's amazing how the notes come out. and, and i and i've known that but i mine came right out of the fridge and i started drinking it and i'm like oh, just let it sit you fool and yeah <laughs> what a difference the difference uh you know 10 15 degrees makes. unbelievable yeah what a difference it would make to
3: let it walk. yeah yeah that's great
2: well thanks again man for coming on uh, again appreciate it i'm gonna send you up some uh some black ipa i promise
3: Maybe this is so much fun thank you guys man, man. this yeah, is the world where you might Mike-
2: Pete and Steve, GovsRay.com. We want to thank everybody for an awesome year, 2020, as shitty as it was. We've had a great time. Uh, All our guests throughout the year and our sponsors, of course, uh, appreciate everything you guys have done for us. We'll be back in, uh, let's say, early to mid-January, where we got some big stuff going on for 2021 planned, uh, locked in, actually. And uh, we're going to have some meetings over the course of the next few weeks to kind of determine our direction and Man, this has been a hell of a, a ride for the last three years. And uh, again, Paul, thanks for joining us for our season finale here in 2020.
3: Thank you guys so much.
2: Is the word okay, Mike thank Pete you, and Steve? Paul, I
3: appreciate it, man.
2: GovsRadio.com. Uh Pete, some uh last words before we get out of here.
1: Forget to have your pet spayed or neutered.
2: Steven, what do we got for 2020?
1: Uh guess what? Don't be a dick to each other. We all got <laughs> shit going on. Stop it. Just stop. Fucking, cut the shit. Just get yeah, right. Right. When and we that's gonna the shit party, Mike.
2: Yes, that's, that's going to be FDX my new political. S- when
1: you run, yep. cut the shit.
2: Yep. The I shit. don't think I can ever run because of my, uh, my views of other things, but that is a, one hell of a stance to stay, to cut the shit party. Everyone just cut the shit just and just get back down to being a human being. This is the world. Mike Pitten, Steve Thanks everyone for joining us for season three, 2020. We'll check you guys in 2021 in January. Uh, Check us out for all our replays, of course, on the Hopped Up Network and on iTunes and Spotify. And uh, we out.
1: Well, that's
0: two hours of your life that you'll never get back.
2: Are you kidding me? Please hang up and try again.
0: This has been The words on Gov's Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.